Frank, it looks like you're doing a little holiday hacking in June. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, well, James, time doesn't exist, so holiday hacking in June sounds just about right to me, especially since I completely failed at my holiday hacks. Like, do you even remember what your holiday hacks were? You did one of them, didn't you? You're the back thing. Wasn't that a holiday hack? Well, you know, it was, which was funny enough that I actually started working on it again, and I looked at the right. source code, and it literally was... The last commit was December 31st when I was hacking on it. But also, funnily enough, one of my holiday hacks was to get the um, Wilderness Labs meadow board up and running. Do you remember? Right. You saw it? Do you, like, yeah. What is time? I don't understand. Remember, that was six months ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was a different lifetime. That was a whole different era. Oh, um, I feel really bad now because you actually accomplished two of yours then. <laughs> I haven't I mean, done any. I don't. <laughs> I got a blinking light. You remember that was about it. <laughs> so that's about as far as most people get on their first run out. You got you got to go on your second run out to yeah get a two lights blinking or something like that. <laughs> but um, no, I haven't done. I guess a holiday ha- hashtag uh, emoticon. Um, but I have been doing IoT hacks, James, and I love IoT hacks. And uh, for my Twitch stream. I wanted something a little bit lighthearted because I, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but socially things have been very, you know, complex and stressful. And I just wanted to do something lighthearted. So holiday hack in June, you nailed it. Yeah, it was really exciting because I was doing my stream later on. You can find both myself at James Montemagno on Twitch and at Frank Krueger on Twitch as well. We stream every week and uh, a little plug for ourselves there in case you didn't know that we stream. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I know it was really cool because the fun part about streaming, I think is at the end of the, there's a a lot of end of my streams. I like to sort of make a little video or GIF of what I worked on. And what was cool about hardware hacks is it's something like physical, you know, and you can almost clip just what you had done. And I sort of noticed that not only were you hacking on stuff, but it seems as though your hack led to other people building on top of your hack. And those people were in, it was all meta. Like they were inside of my, like Alex was inside of my stream talking about your thing. And then like I saw his tweet and then I saw your tweet (laughs) and I was like, well, this is really cool. And what I thought was cool about your mid year holiday hack (laughs) was that uh, it was something that I wanted. Like I was like, whoa. And you're you're always talking about a balance bar and you're talking about this one wheel thing. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I could I could physically use this as a developer. And of course, who none other than Frank Krueger would come up with something that would notify me when things went right and wrong as I'm developing code. And that blew my mind. <laughs> This, this seems like, would you really want this? Okay, let me describe what it is before we get into why in the world you would want this. But I wanted this. Um, it's just, I call it a build light. It's as simple as <clears throat> when the build goes well, show green. When the build goes poorly, show red. What a complex app we have here, James. Instead of blinking in an LED, we're going to turn it different colors. Uh, but the devil's in the details. I wanted this to be a nice kind of solution. So what I wanted was IDE integration. Mm. Now, I've done these kinds of things before where um, I would have a CI CD server and I would have a display showing, you know, green lights, red lights for all my builds in the CI CD server. And that's nice. We, We might have even spoken about it on this podcast before. I believe you did for your BitRise builds and I kind of call that 
a little cheating because there's web hooks. You know what I mean? Like that's ugly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you still did a lot. I don't want to discredit you, but I feel as though when I saw this, it felt very dramatically different because I've seen build light indicators and I also want those, but then yeah, yours was like a part of the IDE is like an extension inside of visual studio. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. And I, I can't give a great like history of story of why I wanted this other than when I was doing the Twitch show, I knew that every time, cause gosh, you just sit in errors some days and the things that I was doing on my Twitch show, it was like, here's 200 errors and I'm just going to work through them one at a time. And so when like the build would finally happen, I just wanted fireworks to go off. You know, I want the IDE to recognize what an achievement it is that I finally got the stupid thing building again. Um, I want it for test too, but we'll just talk about builds for the moment. And so, yeah, the idea was I wanted that immediate feedback too. Um, if I hit a button, I want the light to immediately switch to the thing. The CICD build thing that I have, it's nice, but the truth is I tend to ignore it because it becomes a piece of like, office furniture that's just annoyingly flickering at me sometimes <laughs> but when it's like tied to the keystrokes on the keyboard you get that immediate feedback that like zero latency it's almost like you're playing a video game like i'm going to keep hitting this button until the stupid light turns green well and you know as you were building this out and i saw photos of it and video of it i started to think what could this also also lead to because i am developing most days on my Mac and my PC, and I'm also streaming. And I was like, whoa, this is cool that he could blink something. But what if, Frank, this I'm gonna just put this in your mind. What if you started to create <laughs> a bunch of like OBS extensions and just like wrote stuff to you know disk and then like on your build stream, it could have like how many builds you did like today, how many were successful, how many errors you had in the comment, you know what I mean? Like as a little mm -hmm. countdown, because as you're streaming and working on stuff, like that would be cool, but also that would just be nifty to extend into like LCD screens. Just like, here's my daily status report, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> where I thought maybe this would go because my brain starts going in all sorts of directions and more than just here's a color of a light. It goes, okay, well, how many errors and how many are left? And there's like pie charts and graphs and like, you know, almost like a dashboard of just your day of visual <laughs> studio, <laughs> which could be like terrible or really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I use an app called Rescue Time, which uh, just is constantly capturing which app is in the foreground and then gives you guilt reports at the end of the week to make you feel bad for not working hard enough and watching way too much YouTube. Um, but like, it can't give you that precision. Like, mm. did you spend all day trying to fix one bug and that bug wasn't really important? Or was it all green lights all day? I don't know. I don't really need that I just like the video game aspect of it. I'm sticking to that. I just love the immediacy of it. I just like blinking lights. It's like playing pinball while coding. We all just want some kind of like adrenaline pump or something like that or dopamine drip, what do you, whatever you call those things. And I think that uh, the immediacy of blinking lights provides that. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, anything that's in your <laughs> face that is really um, giving you like that, that hit of dopamine, like, oh, I did that thing. I, you know, this is, you know, I think that that is always a, a great, great, uh, experience that kind of keeps you going yeah. to, keeps you motivated because you don't want to really walk out. Like you're like, oh, I got to use the bathroom or like, I need to get water or like I'm done for the day. But then <laughs> it's just sitting there like red, just staring at you. And you're like, red, <laughs> it, it's sort of like the GitHub dot, you know, when you go to github.com and there's just like, this blue dot and we've talked about it a billion times. It's the, it's the blue dot of, I hate my life. 
And you're just like, oh, I just want to <laughs> not to be there. Like, just go away, blue dot. Oh. Notifications. You need your notifications. Actually, speaking of uh, feature creep already, um, before I even did one Twitch stream of this, someone had a suggested feature, which was they want to integrate with the Mac OS notification system because sometimes builds take a while and sometimes you might forget or something like that. And so actually pop up notifications and all of that. I think like the biggest thing I learned uh, from this, and I guess I need to relearn this lesson constantly, is that it's really easy to write extensions for IDEs. And I guess I just don't do it a lot because like I, I think about like the maintenance and how much time and effort do I want to put into it. But, you know, in just a two uh, streams, so call it five hours of work, um, I was able to write an extension for Visual Studio. Sorry, it only works on Mac right now. So Visual Studio for Mac. Um, and then uh, a device, an IoT device that has Amazon Echo support and other neat Wi-Fi things so i just like how easy it was text come a long way and it really has i mean i think that's it's it's neat that you're able to tap into these systems because it could be applied to other things uh but i want to also sort of step back a bit because obviously i've I've now spiraled out of control for 10 minutes about how cool <laughs> this thing was but more features also, I'm, I'm writing them down <laughs> but also you you did it on a little iot board correct and it's a board that i believe that we've talked about about a billion times on this podcast yeah yeah it's my favorite little iot board because it's uh very inexpensive and provides basically what you want for um wireless communications i'm so over wires james i just want everything to be wireless and so the board is called in uh, I call it an SP, ESP32. Actually, there's two of them, the ESP8266 and the ESP32. I like the ESP32 because it includes Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Mm. Who doesn't like Bluetooth? I love Bluetooth. Um, but yeah, those are the boards I used. I was just out uh, jogging the other day, and I, I went to go plug in my USB-C to uh, 3.5 millimeter uh, headphone adapter, and uh, that stopped working. And you know what? It could have uh, come in uh, nifty there. Bluetooth. Oh, Bluetooth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So. <laughs> uh, and the uh, heart heart uh, anniversary clock that you have is an SB32. Mm. It's not really using its radios for any good purpose, but they're definitely draining the battery and making it last long, less time, less. Still. <laughs> Still ticking, still ticking. <laughs> Somehow. We'll see how many years. I'm really curious. I meant to, never mind, on the clock. Um, so uh, immediately in my Twitch stream, someone asked, could you do this with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Wilderness Labs Meadow? And the neat thing is Wilderness Labs Meadow, uh, writing .NET code for the device, uh, that has an SP built into it. But as of the moment of my Twitch streaming, the software SDK did not support uh, the Wi-Fi communications that I needed. Mm. So it's just a matter of time until I'm able to do this on a .NET board. But until then, you can get, <clears throat> excuse me, just get this little cheap ESP board, which is really quite wonderful. That's lovely. So let me get this straight. So there's, how is, how is this working then? So I, you, you have an extension for Visual Studio. Does that extension then talk over Bluetooth to it or is there something else running on your desktop? 
Ah, okay, great. So instead of Bluetooth, though, I just went with an HTTP server, but you kind of nailed it. So high level, what we have here is just a very small extension for Visual Studio, which hooks into the build events. So build started, build ended, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, it took me a little while to remember how to write an extension, but <laughs> once you get those in, it's not so bad. And then what those do is just an HTTP request to some host out there. Hmm. What's neat is um, these devices, because they're on the Wi-Fi network, if you put them onto your Wi-Fi network, you can use Bonjour, James, Bonjour, MDNS, to find the device. Hmm. Good old Bonjour service, everybody's favorite service that you didn't know is running on your computer, but it's totally running all the time. <laughs> Thanks, Apple. Broadcasting Thanks, Apple. all your information to everyone who wants to know. <laughs> and, and also, oh. I believe that if you install iTunes on Windows, I think also Bonjour may also yeah. run on Windows, right? Oh, it 100% does. Yeah, mm. definitely. If you have iTunes on your Windows computer, you're running Bonjour. 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 And they try to like install the printer drivers for you and everything. You don't need the Bonjour printer drivers. <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of an elegant solution. Um, the way it would work with Bluetooth, I could have done this with Bluetooth, but then you would need Bluetooth on your computer, which now that I say that, all Macs do have it. But I can't write an app, James. You know this without thinking, how would I make this work on Windows? So I chose to do Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth. Mm, yes, because uh, Bluetooth is would not be standard on desktops. On laptops, yes, because I'm using a Bluetooth mouse currently. But um, on my desktop, I had to buy a little Bluetooth dongle. Ugh. And then Ugh. Uh, because I wanted to use the uh, my phone application to do phone calls, and that was kind of a, a pain in the butt to, to <laughs> just, just to have another thing plugged into a USB port for no reason where like they're built into all the cards. I should get maybe an internal PCIe yeah. slash Wi-Fi, you know, an all-in-one card. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure they have them. I've never bought one, but I'm sure they have them. Uh, just as a side tangent, I um, I had never done Bluetooth LE communications in a UWP app on Windows. Mm. I've done it in iOS a whole bunch, and I've done it on Mac a whole bunch, but never on Windows. And it's a wonderful little API. Works great. So shout out to Windows. If you're writing an app on Windows that does use Bluetooth, uh, the new APIs are absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, you just had that problem of not many Windows computers, except the, yeah, even the laptops, huh? Because they're not using system-on-a-chip laptops. It's well, the laptop. Bluetooth the is so cool, James. I love yeah. Bluetooth. The neat thing about Bluetooth is it advertises all of its services. Yeah. And that's technically what MDNS or Bonjour is doing. It's advertising its services. It's just Bluetooth is obviously more compatible with things. Hmm. Anyway, it turns out uh, that if you buy like a smart light bulb, say a Philips Hue, Mm -hmm. It's just doing broadcast stuff on Wi-Fi anyway. So it's kind of become the standard in home stuff. Yes, it becomes, well, you know, my favorite part about smart things is that, you know, before you set them up, they're just like, I'm here, I'm here, please, I'm here, just, I'm here. And then anybody can get in if you're in an apartment complex like we both are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone can be like, yeah, and you're my light bulb now. 
<laughs> I got your light bulb. It's my light bulb now. <laughs> I, got, I mean, that would actually be, a, I mean, this is a terrible idea. Don't do this. Oh my gosh, don't do this. But wouldn't it be crazy to like literally, I know you have to do a bunch of other things, but it would be kind of crazy to like just have a, a, a like a ESB, an SB or whatever, or yeah. just your phone is like, is <laughs> constantly scanning for hues and you're just like, and you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Don't do that. And that brings us to this week's sponsor of the podcast, Sync Fusion. Yes, are you building applications? Do you need to constantly scan for Bluetooth or Wi-Fi networks or, or smart light bulbs? Well, SyncFusion has you covered because they have all the most beautiful controls and widgets for any of your applications. Mobile, desktop, web, you name it, they support it. I use SyncFusion in all my applications and it helps me make my apps beautiful because I can't do it by myself. And that's why I use the free community edition of SyncFusion. It's pretty awesome. What's great about Syncfusion is they're built to natively support all the different platforms and have hundreds of hundreds of controls. I use them on my Xamarin apps, but you can use them anywhere. And it's cool because they actually support iOS, Android, UWP, WPF, and Mac OS. Frank, Mac OS, it's a little platform in which we're both recording this podcast on. You can do that. I, sh- I ship applications all the time on Mac OS, and I can use my Syncfusion controls. Beautiful things, charts, graphs, gauges, buttons, cards, carousel views, all the things. All you got to do is go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict to learn more about all the awesome things that Syncfusion has to offer. And thanks for Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. Thank you, Syncfusion. And yeah, it's the crazy how um, many platforms they support. It's just insane. It's awesome. That's great. So <laughs> Awesome, insane. Uh, so so, you want a war dialing bluetooth device that just captures all the keyboards and mice around it's my keyboard my mouse you you want that okay all right don't do that no no back back. okay so you're uh you got the bonjour stuff going and now we're back on track all right push it back all right okay so on the device um is running a little http server port Mm -hmm. 80 you know real kind of standard http server Mm-hmm. And uh, the way Bonjour works is it just integrates with all the DNS on your computer. So at the beginning of your program, you just tell it what it should be called. And then its name.local becomes its DNS entry. So in this case, it was buildlight.local. Real easy. So, yep, that's the Bonjour. And then you can type that right into the browser. And it's <laughs> now here's the fun part. It's C++ Arduino code. And you're writing a web server in C++ Arduino code. It's not the most friendly way mm. to write a web server, James. I don't know if there's a templating language. I haven't seen a templating language. It's really primitive. But, I mean, what do you expect out of a C++ web framework, really? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, yeah. And I guess it would be a little bit nicer if you could use some C-sharp stuff in there, I guess. That would be a little- exactly. Won't that be nice? Could you imagine running like a razor page on one of these? Yeah. <laughs> mm, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. But we're not there. Instead, we're running crazy C++ code with uh, lambdas. Did you know that C++ got lambdas? I did not know that. Oh. What version of C++ do you got that? Oh, who knows? <laughs> C plus plus OX one X ten twelve. Who knows? <laughs> I need to. Uh, I need to. Uh, they're on C plus plus twenty, by the way. Stable is okay. seventeen, but it must have been in there. Uh, I need to. Go, there's like a C plus plus conference that they do online. I should watch some of those other ones from the past. That'd be yeah, cool. I know. I'm, I can it's do tough it. Tough because, but yeah, yeah. 
I pride myself on being a C++ programmer, but like they keep changing the language. And I go look at some people's code. I'm just like, I guess I'm not a C++ programmer anymore. I thought I was, but who knows? Anyway, it, I, I'm making it sound terrible, but really it's not that bad. Um, all this code is up on GitHub. Hopefully we'll link to it and you can see. I I want to see how many lines of code it is. Okay. Delay, James. Delay. I'm delaying as Frank do 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 looks for the lines of code he's looking for. Lines how many how lines many could of it possibly code be? there is? How many lines all right, James, of let's take a bet. All right. Let me one. let me give you the feature set of this puppy, all right? Okay. Hit me. This has this has an HTTP web server with an API. That's right, a REST API, like all mm. the cool kids do. It has even error handling if you get a 404 custom error 404 page. Plus, it's able to use its little porty things to control an RGB LED to show wonderful RGB colors. And and on top of that, it has Amazon Echo integration. Now, James, how many lines of code do you think that that would take? Um, 4,582. Oh, I'm sorry. You're over. And oh, we no. always use prices right rules. So <laughs> uh, it came in at 170 lines, which I think is really yeah. fair because a lot of this is, you know, white space and, you know, text strings and printf debugging, that kind of stuff. And I think the code is actually really easy to understand. So I really like these kind of constrained environments. They make you, you know, tighten up your code. Don't get too fancy. No inversion of control here. We're just going to write some code. Just going for it. Boom. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really uh, yeah. not very many lines of code at all. Yeah. And it has to do a few tricky things. Like it has to go find your Wi-Fi network. It has to connect to that. It has to broadcast its name using MDNS and all that stuff. And on top of that, it has to pretend to be a Philips Hughes light bulb, which is just oh. hilarious. So you ready for that little hack? How funny yes. that is? Well, so anything can be a Philips Hughes light bulb? <laughs> Yeah, it turns out if you just respond to HTTP correctly, if you set up your server correctly, you too can be a Philips <laughs> light bulb at just 170 lines of code. Uh, no, I I, uh, I shouldn't say it. It's not just 170 lines of code because I'm using some nice libraries that are available mm. on Arduino. Um, and the one I'm speaking of right now has a most wonderful name, James. It's called FOMO ESP. But it's not like F O M O, it's F A U X, so like false mo. Like I don't know what the mo would be there. Like faux. Faux mo. French faux mo. Yeah. <laughs> faux like, mo. is in like false, like faux fur. Yeah. Nailed it. So this is a cool library and it, it becomes a faux Philips Hue bulb. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about it. And it's funny because, and honestly, I need to look into this. So I apologize that I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if this is an open standard or, you know, like, is it a Wi-Fi kind of standard or is it just a Philips standard that uh, Amazon Echo and I'm assuming Google Home and I'm assuming Apple, whatever, uh, supports. Well, that's the uh, thing is once that's the thing, right? So once you tap into, because if you had just developed your own magical protocol you would have had to do a lot more configuration and weird things to get those things working and tie into things but once you are a philip hue light bulb or a light light, light effects or something <laughs> like that all of the power that is built on top of that ecosystem magically happens right you could 
have if this then that. You can have all you know the Alexa integration. You can have the the Google. Oh, did I just did I just trigger everybody's? Yeah, you did home? it. You did. I was working Ooh. so hard not to say that word. Oh. <laughs> you got the Dingus integration. You got the. We were um, we were watching House Hunters the other day, like you do. And this family, they're like, yeah, we have um, twin daughters, uh, Mary and Alexa. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, Just like, oh, no. Why and I said, would you do that? <laughs> and, and, uh, the name and is I, forgotten. <laughs> and, and I said, I was like, you know, if we ever have a kid, Heather, we we can't name our kid uh, Alexa, Siri, or Google. You just can't name them those three words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little googly. We're going to name her a little googly. <laughs> little googly. I always thought Siri, what a cool name. I think Siri. It's a great I mean, name. I think it's a cool. It's name. evil I'm, that they've claimed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. And also, if your name happens to be Alexa, then uh, also a cool name too. I actually had a. There was there was definitely kids in my school, or even close, like the whole family of names around there. I feel bad Alex. for all those people. Alex. Yeah, I'm sure it triggers. Like, I'm sure. like Alex. Hey, you know, like you're like, hey. trying to get hey Alex. You know, and, uh. Anyways, Where not we? that everybody's not that. Everybody's, <laughs> Uh, quarantine podcast okay. people we've been inside way too long uh, uh so i do have one thing to say about that and not the alexa thing that's over oh god i did it again never mind <laughs> anyway there was the decision of whether to make the iot device the thing that's actually physically connected to the rgb led that's you know doing the light mm-hmm. uh whether to make that a smart client or a dumb client so when you do a build is it transmitting to the device Build has succeeded, build has failed, that kind of thing. Or is it saying, turn the color to this or turn off? You know, is it, is the device dumb or is the device smart? I guess, even though these are all hashtag smart devices, uh, you know what I'm saying though, right? Where do you put that logic split? I would put it on the client, not on the device, because then it could be sort of generic and then you don't have to update the device to update the lot. You know what I mean? That's what I would do, but I don't know what you did. Yeah. Uh, I, I really wasn't sure myself and just on a gamble, just went with what you said. I made the client dumb. So whenever I want to change the color, I do an HTTP request and tell it change to this color. And it's worked out great. I think that was the smart choice. Uh, number one, because, yeah, now it's able to pretend to be a light bulb because now it kind of is. <laughs> I just kind of made my own. So that fits that model nice. So you don't have that impedance mismatch there. Um, plus, like you said, uh, or kind of what I learned, too, is it's really easy to distribute and update extensions for Visual Studio. So whenever I want to change the logic or add a feature or make it fancy, it's so much easier to do an extension update than it's tell someone to reprogram their device, you know, go load this IDE, download the code, blah, blah, blah. So if people want to make one of these at home, I think just maintenance wise, it's a lot simpler. Nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love, I love that. Uh, and the need, then you can customize it however you want. Maybe you, you know, grab the source code, modify it. Maybe you want it. So whenever you install a NuGet, it does something or, you know, who knows or there's a NuGet update. It's like you open the project and then there's a billion things that I think about now <laughs> with it, you know, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God it's not just notifications. Um, but um, I guess it comes down to the robustness too. What, what I've learned with IOT devices was, um, well, they can't break. Because the moment it breaks, I've usually forgotten how to 
program it or fix it. So I've just slowly learned over time to make the devices as stupid, simple as possible. Um, I don't do maintenance, it turns out. I just forget how the project works. You know, I have a million little IoT devices that I don't remember how they work, James. <laughs> I don't remember how to use them. Like even when I was doing this project, um, I was copying and pasting code from a lot of other projects that were similar to this. Mm. So the n- nice thing is when I started this, I had basically done all of this, but in parts. I'd written Visual Studio extensions before. I'd written simple little IoT devices before. It was fun to just put it all together, but it was so nice to be able to copy and paste code from myself. That's Life a, that's a that joy. Way. I've been I've been yeah. doing that. I was just working on like this the, the the holiday hack the back pain app, and I was doing I forgot what I was doing. I was like, let me just go to this GitHub page and take a little snippet and just put it right in there. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's good to. Uh, that's one of the joy of modern day having everything on GitHub. Just like going, oh, I know this project, and boom, 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 boom. Or before. I used to, you know, you'd have to, oh, what project was this in? Let me load this up. Let me do this. And you like have 18 IDEs open. And you're like, I think it was in this project. And now I'm just, you know, go to GitHub and just type in something and boom, I can find it really quick. So that's always fun. Oh, you just made me wonder, do they have like username specific searches? Can I search just my repos? Hmm. I think you can, but I don't I know that. how. Uh, well, the deal is I'm just bad at naming things. <laughs> so like the reason I, I agree with you 100%, by the way, everything you just said about GitHub, because yeah, back in the day, I just used to have a projects folder on my computer. You could never find old source code that way. It just didn't work. Mostly because I'm a bad namer. Uh, but GitHub really saved my butt on this one too. Well, the chat room too. Oh, isn't it wonderful coding on Twitch and having a chat room there to like answer your questions? They really helped me out a bunch on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone's great. I mean, that's that's half of the the reason why I love streaming is the community interactions and and just everyone. Like, have you thought about this? Have you done that? What about this? You know, and helping with code and just making decisions on the fly. So yeah, exactly. So I was having trouble with the extension. Um, at first, you have, always have to you know create manifest files with you know, weird versions in them and dependency information and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm just copying and pasting code from everywhere I could find it. And it got to this like version number that seemed kind of important, but I had no idea what to set it to. But the chat room reminded me, just search GitHub. So we searched GitHub for everyone's uh, Visual Studio manifest file and see what <laughs> versions they were using. And it was kind of fun because you, like, you would just go through people's usernames like, oh, James Martin Magno, I don't trust him. Let's skip whatever he said is probably wrong. But you move on to something that like Jonathan Dick wrote and you're like, oh, that's probably right. So I'll just copy whatever Jonathan did there. That's a, that's a true, that. true, true story. That's very accurate. So I'm just kidding. I, I wish you had an extension. I would have copy pasted whatever you had. There. Yeah, I've I've never made an extension for Visual Studio. I was literally just thinking about making something the other day. What was that? I was watching a video. Um, I was watching a video on these new dual screen like laptops that Lenovo had, and they'd built something into Windows where like as you start to drag a window, it would have like a little pop-up overlay that would um give you like snap directions, like snap to the left, snap to the right, or oh yeah. Kind of, kind of nifty. I was like, man, I wonder if I could do something in inside of Visual Studio to, to like, as I'm, you know, 
highlighting some code or doing something, it would just give a little pop up or something like that. I was like, how, I wonder how I do that. And I have no idea how to do that. So yeah. you're kind of cool. I have so many ideas about pop ups. <laughs> Someday we should learn how to make pop ups, James. There'd be Let's some do it. cool things. It was a fun reminder, though, of the Visual Studio Gallery, which is where all the extensions go. So in Visual Studio for Mac, you click the Visual Studio name and you choose extensions, and then there's a gallery tab. Mm. And there's so many wacky little things there. <laughs> so I, I recommend to everyone to go check out the uh, VS for Mac extensions. And obviously, the big pink elephant in this room is port this puppy over to Visual Studio for Windows, which should be... Well, that's a whole side topic, but it should be pretty easy because the logic here is not complicated. When a build starts, do an HTTP request. When a build ends, do an HTTP request. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I like that. In fact, I believe Javier has a bunch of Visual Studio and Visual Studio for Mac extensions that use Xamarin Forms for the UI, like if there's a UI part to it, um, which is kind of cool because then you're just building the extension for all intents once. And I'm going to put it in quote because there's packaging implications there and logic (laughs) implications, obviously. But if you did have a UI, I thought that was kind of cool. It's uh, I always like that idea of building the UI on top of a UI framework. (laughs) Like it's kind of cool. Well, that was... Honestly, that was always a stumbling block for me because the few extensions I did write back in the past did have user interfaces. And they're easy enough to write in both Visual Studio and for Visual Studio for Mac. It's just that they're two totally different UI libraries. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And so having that unified um, UI layer to extensions is a really big deal. And I, I, yeah, I hope it stays nice and easy like that. This one, I haven't put much of a U, or I, sorry, I haven't put any <laughs> UI in at all. But um, it has some hard-coded strings that perhaps shouldn't be hard-coded. For instance, um, the DNS name of the device it's looking for. It's always looking for build light. But mm. that would be terrible in an office environment because <laughs> there would be a million people with build lights and they would all intermix and be wrong and all that. So you should be able to change that name. Uh, easily but you know that's feature creep it, it was hard enough getting this thing to just blink <laughs> green and red it's cool though so people can go to your github they can just download the source code it has the sb code and it has the visual studio extension so literally this is a really cool example of ide iot integration all in one repo is that correct is that a correct statement i think so yeah and oh, I, cool. i'd put it all in one repo just for that one point to have like both things there you know both both sides of the equation and i want to give a shout out to alex uh headley gosh i hope i got that right um alex was super cool and became user number two actually went out and bought some rgb leds connect them to a device got through it somehow uh alex is always useful because he uh, uh prods me to update the readme file it's like update the readme frank <laughs> <laughs> so shout out uh was user number two got the code working so it's proven it is possible for more than one person. It doesn't work on only my machine. Very cool. I definitely want to try this out. I thought it'd be cool to, um, you know, set up a bunch of uh, LEDs behind me for the stream. So like as I'm coding, right, you know, you could put like a strip uh, of them and, and then there could be an indication of something happening, live interactive things going while you're streaming. I think those elements are quite enjoyable. So I'm definitely going to be probably yeah. buying a bunch of little tiny IoT devices yet again, thanks to Frank Krueger. I'm sorry, James. It's, it's the cost of being my friend. 
That's yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, true, I'm gonna. True, true. <laughs> I'm going to do the exact same thing right behind me because uh, you already mentioned it. You could do this with overlays. And I love your idea of integrating with OBS, by the way. So I'll definitely look into that. I just have no idea how OBS or uh, our little switch and remove thingies work. Uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that is a great holiday hack in June. And I'm very proud of you for all the things that you've done for um putting more IOT devices in my closet. So I appreciate that. So this one now no, we're going to, it's going to be behind you. It's going to be in yep. the physical world. We're going to all expect to see instantaneous feedback on whether you're a good coder or not. It's all, I know mine's going to be happen. red all the time. It's just going to be red. <laughs> I think it would be great. Just be, you know, and then the other part that you could do is there could be an option to like turn off the lights when when you close visual studio or something like that so like you know when you leave or whatever that'd be kind of nice but yeah should capture the exit events and yeah that's where you can start mixing um smart client dumb client where the smart client could say if i've been holding the same color for the last 20 minutes maybe i should just turn myself off yeah there you go that's a cool idea Ooh, yeah there's so many cool ideas with this i love every bit of it and i will definitely link to the github page there well Frank, you did it. I'm very proud of you, by the way. I think it's awesome. This was super fun, James. Thanks for letting me talk about it. Um, it, it was super fun to do with the group, but, um, you know, fun projects. I still haven't released my app, but it's fun to do fun projects. <laughs> so thanks for letting me talk about it. You got to switch it up. I mean, literally, I was watching, I was, you know, I'm now addicted to to watching um, custom, like, home work from home, like desk setup, you know, highlight, you know, yes. you know, like yes. be, people have like the most beautiful organized, just picturesque desks oh, and organization. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, that's not how the, that's not how life works. And, uh, and I was watching these videos and I, and this, this one streamer had this, uh, uh um, uh, monitor mount and it looked way cooler than my monitor mount. And I was like, Whoa, it's cheaper. Ooh. It was like 30 bucks. And it was just very oh. sleek. So I was like, I need this in my life. So I spent took way long it took me an hour and then i was underneath the desk today and i was like i need to move it but i had the the monitor already attached to it so i'm under the desk like unscrewing it uh, and then all of a sudden i'm trying to hold it and, I, and it is about it is, it is it's going down it's going down and i'm like I'm no like, heather i need your help and like she's like she's like i'm coming and then like it's just like it's teetering and she's like i got it red and alert was, red alert yeah. so it looks a lot better the setup it survived much, all it good. survived all everything's good, good. okay yeah. Um, very happy about it. It's it's thirty dollars better. It yeah. I think I think I spent thirty dollars or forty dollars on the other ones. Maybe twenty bucks. I don't know. But yeah. this one is. And what was it? Nice. An arm. It's, so it's actually holding the monitor. It's holding the monitor. Yeah, I, I liked it because yeah. okay. the 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 YouTube guy, uh, the video that that he did, he had it, and he's like, I bought an additional arm and a, um like a telephone telescopic thing, not a telephone, but a telescopic like yeah, thing cool. to mount his camera on. So he used another arm and then he could pivot that to move his camera. So, <laughs> well, that's really cool uh, usage of it. And what I liked about this is that it was a on the desk. A lot of the arms just come out and they move around, but this one is like a pole and then you attach stuff <laughs> to it. And uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty nice. So anyways, I'll put it in the show notes. So. <laughs> this week in home decoration how That's can you right. make your office better but then he had all these cool but, peg boards and like he had this like all this yeah. stuff i was like oh, it's not gonna happen. And i was like oh 
Not in the like, house. It has to go in the garage. <laughs> I was like, how do you organize all your cables? My cable. And then I read it on my cable. It's still a hot mess. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. But magnets, anyways, James. I bought a bunch of super powerful magnets and I hang all my tools on magnets now. I feel like <laughs> I'm in the future. The power you know, of magnets. Did I tell you what I did with uh, <laughs> with uh, the, you know, the little audio interface box that we have our headphones and stuff plugged mm-hmm. into? Yeah. I, uh. I put a annoying little box that has to be on my desktop all the time. <laughs> so I put 3M stickies on it and it's yeah. and it's underneath my desk hanging now. Oh, clever. You're thinking three-dimensionally. Captain Kirk will be proud of you. Yeah. But I use the I use the Velcro ones. So like I could easily Velcro it on and off too. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So I could swap <laughs> it. Anyways, that's all. I saw that Computer in a video hacking. too. I, I, I used the Velcro. Yeah, I used the Velcro to uh, Velcro the SSD drive to the back of my iMac. <laughs> Velcro. It is honestly astonishing. Whoever invented it, space age genius. It's space age. Did Did NASA invent Velcro? I hope they did. Oh. I I don't know if that's apocryphal or not, but it, they definitely get credit for it. I don't know if it's true or not, though. Yeah, Tempur-Pedic and it's uh, hooks and not hooks. It's the not brand name. Can you remember the not brand name? Oh, the non-Velcro brand name? Yeah. Hooks and something. I just can't remember what the other thing is. Hmm. How did we get on this topic, James? It's just fun talking about hardware. That's all. Because this really is just office renovation. We've all been stuck indoors for the last four months. We're going crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, let me let me buy this 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 metal pole that will that will entertain me for an hour. (laughs) I need telescopic. I need it. Amazon Prime now. (laughs) I need it. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed every single moment of it of course check out the show notes i'll put the links to frank's awesome projects over there you can find us at mergeconflict.fm on twitter at mergeconflict.fm and of course you can find us at uh proclarum at frank krueger and at james montemagno and that's going to do it for this week's podcast until next time i'm james montemagno and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening peace